Welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife, Shereya, we're going to explore all the things that make our faith what it is. From looking at the big picture of the Bible to exploring the tough questions that might be getting in the way of your relationship with God. We're not going to use unnecessarily churchy language, and we're not pretending that we have all the answers. And the best bit? We'll never take more than 30 minutes of your time each week. We want to keep it simple and hopefully have some fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. In this week's episode, we are taking a look at the New Testament, which means that we get to talk about the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're excited, so stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Simple Faith Podcast. Today, we are on our final episode of our series, The Bible's Big Picture, um, and we're going to be looking at the New Testament. That's right. And after that, we're going to be looking at how to interpret the Bible. And then we're going to go into a series that was only going to be for one week. And then we're going to go into a quick series looking at identity and calling. Thank you to our Instagram uh, followers for some of those suggestions. We really appreciate that. That was really helpful. Um, Before we move any further, I want to take a quick moment just to recognize the man of God that was Ravi Zacharias, who sadly passed away this week. Um, But although it's sad, there's joy because he gets to be with his savior in heaven. Uh, he had a profound impact on me. I've read many of his books and watched many, too, probably too many of his YouTube videos, and I've, I've taken some of his courses. He's what's known as an apologist, someone who defends the Chris, Christian faith, and he did it so well. And I look at him as an inspiration. So I just wanted to pay a quick tribute to this great man of God who has gone to be with Jesus today. So we're looking at the New Testament, as you said, Sharia. I have a, a confession to make. I I make a lot of confessions, I think, <laughs> yeah. on these things. But I I have a go-to few books of the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever thought, mm, I probably should be reading my Bible. So you open up your Bible and then there's a, there's always there's for me there's some go-to books mine yeah. are colossians ephesians philippians and galatians why because they're quite short <laughs> and i feel like i can read the whole book quite quickly mm-hmm. and also they're full of amazing truth and wisdom so my question for you sharia is do you have a go-to book of the bible i probably should know this is your husband but i don't <laughs> well you'll know now yeah actually i do um i think romans would probably be mine just because they're so like I mean, it's, it's not a short book, but there's, I feel like there's just so much in it. Like every page, there's just new wisdom and things that kind of like, you know, those, those kind of mind blowing moments a little bit. I feel like I find that in Romans. Mm. Yeah. I wonder what you guys think. What is your um, favorite go-to book? Is it in the old Testament? Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, today, the way we're going to structure this is we are going to go through a lot of books of the Bible very quickly. Um, the way we're going to do that is we are going to look at the full message of the gospel of the good news of Jesus, because that is what the whole Bible pivots on. And then we're going to look at the context of the times. Uh, so what was happening uh, during the time of the New Testament, because that helps us to read the New Testament. And then we're going to look at the rise of the early church. So we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into the book of Acts. I say deep dive, we've only got a short amount of time, so not that deep. Deep comparatively. And then we're going to look at the structure of the New Testament. So that is where we're going today. So just to recap, we're going to look at the, the message of the gospel. Then we're going to look at the contexts of the times. 
Uh, then we're going to look at the rise of the early church and then the structure of the New Testament. Are you ready? So ready. We're going to blast through the New Testament. Let's go. So this is a really exciting episode. This is the episode where we get to talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. We call it the gospel. And it's what our faith centers on. It's what our Bibles center on. It's what this podcast is ultimately all about. It's about proclaiming the good news of Jesus through uh, various ways and means. So what is the gospel? What is the good news of Jesus? Well, let's start right at the beginning, Shereh. First of all, I think that it's really important to talk about who God is. And the Bible talks about God being holy, which means that he is free from sin and in a class all by himself. And so when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, when they chose to go their own way and not God's way, they became separated from God because of that sin. And we have that same problem as, as humans who inherit that sin from Adam, Adam and Eve. In the book of Romans, Paul talks about how the penalty for sin, the punishment for sin is death. Um, and that's a big problem for us. Yeah, and we see that throughout the Old Testament. So, of course, Adam and Eve as original sin, we call it the first sin. Uh, but then we see Cain and Abel and Noah and the Tower of Babel and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and the Exodus and uh, the judges. The uh, judges says that everyone did what was right in their own eyes and every king had sin in them. And then there was a civil war and all those kings had some issues as well. Or most of them did. And then... Uh, even in captivity, there were problems and back once they were back from captivity and Ezra and Nehemiah were rebuilding the walls and the temples, there was still sin amongst the people. Sin is a big problem and it's a problem that hasn't just affected uh, people in Old Testament times, but it's affected all humanity. It's affected you and it's affected me and it's affected everyone we know. Sin is a pervasive problem in this world. It is a problem. Yeah. And we do see that all through the Old Testament and God gave a solution, a temporary solution. I mean, it was possible to remove sin through animal sacrifice, but the problem was that it only covered past sins. That's right. So we are left in this place where all humanity is sinful. From birth, we inherit that sin. And it's one of the reasons why sometimes the world just seems so rough. It's a fallen, broken world. Thankfully, God sent a solution. He sent his only son, Jesus. See, Jesus was born to Mary. and Mary was a virgin at the time. Why is that important? It seems like a really random detail, but it's important because it fulfills Old Testament prophecy. We talked about prophecy last week. It supports the deity or the godness of Christ. And importantly, it means that Jesus didn't just inherit his sinful nature from Adam and Eve. He, didn't, he wasn't born with that sinful nature like we were. You see, with Jesus, the Bible says that God took on flesh and dwelt among us. Both, get this, fully God and fully man. And if you are anything like me, you might have thought when you heard this for the first time, hang on, that doesn't make sense. Like, it just doesn't add up. But we have to recognize that, yes, it is hard to understand and that's, that's okay. 
But we have to also recognize that this is the God of the universe we're talking about, the God who created the heavens and the earth with his word. This is a God who is outside of time itself and who holds all things together with his very thought. So he's quite capable of taking on flesh and being fully God and fully man, which is awesome. And so this Jesus lived a sinless life. And after 30 years, started to preach and teach about how the kingdom of God was at hand. And and the religious leaders didn't like this at all. So eventually they had him captured and they punished him to death by crucifixion. And even more than that, he rose from the dead. I'm going to say that again because it's a big deal. He rose from the dead. This is hugely important for a number of reasons. You see, he sacrificed himself to take the punishment we deserved. He rose again, conquering the power of sin and death that had gripped humanity throughout the Old Testament. And even up to now, he's conquered that sin. And in doing so, we could be declared free from sin once and for all, as Jesus had taken it all on his shoulders at the cross. And that means, get this, That means that when we choose to follow Jesus, we can have a relationship with God once again. We are no longer separated from God when we choose to follow him. We are born again. The Bible describes us as being a new creation in Christ. We are described as children of God and co-heirs with Christ And that is what the New Testament is all about. It's living in light of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So let's do a quick recap. God loves us more than we can imagine, but we have all sinned and this sin separates us from God. And that's a problem. And even more than that, the punishment for our sin is death and separation from God. But Jesus came and he took the punishment that we deserved for those sins by dying on the cross and rising again. And all we need to do now is recognize that we are sinful and that we need Jesus in order to bring us back into an eternal relationship with God. And that is the good news of the gospel. And this message, this event is pivotal to both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament points forward to it And then the four books known as the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, describe the event, and the rest of the New Testament points back towards it. And that's why it's so important to understand this good news. It's the most important event in the history of the world. This is why we're meeting as churches, and our calling as Christians is to worship God in light of what Jesus did on the cross and proclaim this news to others. That's exactly right. And we don't have much time left in this section, but let's talk about the context of the time because that really helps as well. You might remember in our Old Testament historical books episode, we talked about the 400 years of silence. So you might remember that... Uh, Before that, the Babylonians took the southern kingdom of Judah into exile, and then the Persians took over the Babylonians, and it was all very messy. Well, here's what happened next. Are you ready for this? Alexander the Great conquered the Persian Empire in 331 BC, and then when he died in 323 BC, the kingdom was divided amongst his generals. Two controlled the region where Israel had been, so he had Ptolemy and then Seleucus. The Syrian Seleucids ruled until the Maccabean revolt of the Jews who managed to get independence for around 100 years before the Romans rolled in around 63 BC. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, isn't this the simple faith podcast? This is super complicated. Well, you're right. The point is this. The region that Jesus lived in was not exactly what you would call stable. 
There was tons of change. There was different nations swooping in again and again. And even when he arrived, Israel was occupied by the Romans. And because of this, people were desperate for an all-conquering Messiah to come, the one that had been prophesied in the prophetical books, who would come and save the day and restore Israel to its former glory. But here are some interesting things for you to note. You see, when Alexander the Great came, he brought Greek as a widely spoken language. Huge numbers of people spoke a common language. The Old Testament had even been translated into Greek. When the Romans came, they brought a high quality road system and stability with something known as the Pax Romana. It made it drastically easier to travel long distances. Well, think about this. It's a point in time where there was a broadly common language and travel was easier than ever. It was perfect for spreading an incredibly important message, right? So even in these crazy times where it's hard to keep up with what's going on, it seems to me that God was preparing for that event. That's epic. In part one, we covered the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and we talked about the context of the time. Both of those things are really helpful for reading the New Testament. But let's talk about the rise of the early church. You see, what's really awesome about the New Testament is uh, that we see the rise of the early church, the, the church that would become the church that we know today. Uh, It's in the book of Acts, uh, also known as the Acts of the Apostles. And it's where we see Jesus, who has uh, been around for 40 days. By the way, uh, last Thursday was Ascension Day. That's where we celebrate this moment in, in history. It's 40 days after his resurrection where he has been teaching about the kingdom of God. And uh, what we see is the, the, the disciples asking, well, are you going to restore the kingdom? And he says, no, 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 no. It's not for you to know the times or the, the seasons. What, what it's for you to know is that you are going to receive power when I send the Holy Spirit and you will be, get this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. So in Acts 1 to 7, we see uh, the church in Jerusalem. So Acts 1 to 7 covers a period of about three years. The first six chapters are primarily about the ministry of the apostles. And then the birth of the church is recorded in chapter 2 with Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit came. And by chapter 7, the church had become so large that the apostles could no longer manage the ministry alone. So they bring in deacons. Um, This is also where Stephen is talked about, and he is one of the first martyrs of the faith. So you may not know what deacons are, and I want to tell you that that's okay. It's okay not to know uh, what they are yet. Um, You can Google it. There's a great website called Got Questions. We will probably cover it in a podcast, or you can just ask us. Um, But that's not the focus of what we're going to be talking about now. I just didn't want to skip over uh, potentially an unknown word. But then after Acts 1 to 7, the next section is Acts 8 to 12, where the church expands to Judea and Samaria, the broader geographical regions. And this section covers a period of about 12 years. It covers far more than just geographical growth. You see, Luke also highlights other men and women that the Holy Spirit was using besides the apostles. And we see something really pivotal 
uh, Paul was converted in chapter nine. And this was a huge deal for the growth of the early church. So then there's Acts 13 to 28, which is about the gospel being spread throughout the known world at the time. So it takes place over a period of about 13 years, and it's the story of the gospel spreading around the Mediterranean world through Paul. And Paul was an extremely zealous Jew who was radically converted um, to Christianity by an encounter with Jesus. Three years after his conversion, he went up to Jerusalem to visit Peter, And then in Acts 13, he was commissioned for his first missionary journey. Now, at this point, I would love to have spent some time going through those missionary journeys. But I think what we'll do instead, just for the sake of time, is that we will make those handouts available again on simplefaithpodcast.com. Uh, where you can see exactly what those missionary journeys look like. It's actually really helpful to understand the journeys in the book of Acts, because then you can see where the letters fit. Um, We'll talk about those letters in this next section when we talk about the the structure of the New Testament. But I would thoroughly recommend taking some time to download those handouts from simplefaithpodcast.com. Don't worry, we don't get any commission or anything like that. We're not making a profit. It's purely to try and uh, help you to learn more about the Bible. That's what we want to do. Okay, so uh, Paul takes four missionary journeys and then he's imprisoned, and eventually he is uh, martyred for the cause of Christ. And there is a lot to remember in that book. There is no expectation that you would memorize everything that happened, but it's really helpful to glance back at these outlines, which is one of the reasons we think it would be really good for you to download this handout. Um, And it helps you to understand the context in which the books were set. So now, with an understanding of the gospel message and the context of the time and the rise of the early church, Let's look at the structure of the New Testament. That'll be even more helpful than it would have been at the beginning. So Shreya, let's talk about the structure of the New Testament. How would you break it down at its most simplistic? Right. So we can start with the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then Acts, like we talked about, the rise of the early church. Um, And then I guess there's just the letters from the apostles. There's tons of those letters. And I guess then Revelation, um, that's... Yeah, talking about Jesus coming back. That's exactly it. So it can be seen quite simplistically, but it gets a bit deeper too. So in the New Testament, we have those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. But John is notably different from the other Gospels. If you've ever read them, you might think, hang on, this seems like the same story every time. But if you look closely, you'll realize John is very different. That's what what we call a synoptic Gospel. So it's very similar, but but notably different than the rest. And then in Acts, we've talked about already, so we won't spend too much time looking at that. But uh, then we have Paul's letters. So, Sherea, let's talk about Paul's letters because uh, they're they're laid out really interestingly. First of all, they're laid out in terms of size. So do you remember we talked about the prophetic books last week being in terms of size? They were laid out, you know, major prophets because they're longer, not because of their importance. Well, it's the same with Paul's letters. I actually find it really frustrating. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I think I'm going to say it though. This is the me being vulnerable. I find it really frustrating that they're not in chronological order. They're in length order. Apart from Galatians and Ephesians, I think are mixed up. They're the wrong way around because in Greek, I think there's more letters than... Anyway, I don't know if that's exactly true actually. So I'm going to back off that one, but it's a weird thing there. But it's in order of length rather than chronology. Now, I think... It would be really cool if they were in order of chronology. 
But anyway, so we've got Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Those are all Paul's letters uh, to churches. And then we have a few more letters where its title is who it's from rather than who it's to. Do you want to tell us a bit about right. those? Yeah. So first there's James, um, and this might be the earliest book of the New Testament. And it seems as though that one's written by Jesus's brother, James. And then there's first and second Peter, and they were written by the apostle Peter. Shock. <laughs> I know. Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, then you have Jude. And like James, they think that it was probably one of Jesus's brothers. And then you have the letters of John. So first, second, and third John. Yeah, do you want to hear the the technical term for those? It's the Johannine letters. Johannine. Jo- yeah, or is it Johannine? Yo- I don't. I don't know. Those are the yeah. So then you have three more letters from a guy called John, uh, who you would see in the Gospels, and then the Book of Revelation. Yes, which is actually also written by John, um, and it's a prophecy that describes a vision that John had. Yeah, and that is a crazy book. If you've yeah. never come across Revelation, it is. Oh, it's intense. But it's awesome and it takes some studying, but it's worth it because it shows us that God is totally in control and we see what the end of time will look like. So that is the structure of the New Testament. Uh, To put it at its most simple, remember it's the Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, the Letters, and then the Book of Revelation. And that is it. So when you understand the gospel message about the life, the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, him rising back up into heaven to be at the right hand of the father. And when you understand the context of the time, you know, about the Alexandrians bringing uh, Greek and the Romans bringing Rhodes and all the chaos that was happening at the time. And when you understand the rise of the early church, And when you understand the structure of the New Testament, the New Testament comes alive. Suddenly it's much easier to read. These broad strokes become much easier. And if you are part of a church, what you'd probably be used to is hearing a zoomed in passage from scripture. Maybe a part of a chapter, or maybe if you're really fortunate, a whole chapter. And it can be hard to understand, but hopefully with these things at your disposal, you'll be able to understand the broader context of scripture much more easily. And that's it. That's the end of our series called The Bible's Big Picture. And so, Sharia, with that, we have finished our quick rush through the bible yeah yeah wow that's crazy i hope that you have found this helpful Uh, if you stuck with us thank you we we are excited to get to our next series we've really enjoyed this but we're excited about what's coming next Uh, we are really excited about talking about identity and calling that will come the week after next we can't wait for that 
And then we've got a lot more things that we want to cover. We've told you before, we have, uh, we had almost 160 episodes and now we're about up to 170 of ideas uh, that we've had. So we oh, I cannot wait to get going and to dig into a new series. If you have any ideas of what you would like us to cover sooner rather than later, do get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to check out simplefaithpodcast.com for extra resources. Subscribe and, uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. It really helps us if you rate us. Um, and encourage us because you know we are just two people sat alone in a spare bedroom making a podcast so (laughs) it helps us when we know that people are enjoying this so with that said it's game time Sharia yeah so as you know I like to try and fit our game with the theme of the episode in some way I try maybe that will change in the future but anyways so today we've been talking about the new testament and so I came up with just a few questions that I thought would be fun to ask. So question number one, who would you most like to meet out of the apostles and why? Okay. I think this is an easy one, but also an obvious one. Um, uh, Paul, I would like to meet Paul. Here's why. In the book of Ephesians, he writes one of the longest sentences you have ever seen in your life. And I would like to ask him why, why Paul? Why did he have to write (laughs) such a long sentence? If you go to Ephesians chapter one, just look at it. Just look at it. It's long. That's an interesting reason. But also, he is like a theological genius. So I'd love to just rack his brains. Yeah. I think for me, it would have to be Peter. And I think the reason is because Peter is so relatable in the Bible. Like he, he just puts his foot in his mouth a lot. And I think, but then he is also this incredible guy who builds the church and writes these incredible letters. Um, of encouragement and um, yeah. So I think it'd just be so interesting to talk to him and I think he'd be fairly relatable. Okay, so question number two. If you were one of Jesus's disciples when he lived on earth, what is one question you would want to ask him? Why do men have nipples? Think about it, doesn't make sense. (laughs) That didn't even take you long at all. (laughs) Well, my brother asked me that when I was a new Christian and I didn't know how to answer. I would also, I would also ask him lots of other stuff about the kingdom of God. But, <laughs> but first and foremost, <laughs> most importantly. Sorry, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why, why nipples on men? I don't think I'd ask Jesus that. But anyways, each is their own. I think I would ask him something more serious. But anyway. <laughs> I would ask him about his childhood because the Bible doesn't really cover like any of Jesus's growing up. And mm. that would be really interesting to hear about. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thank you. That is the right answer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next question. All right. So last question. If you could automatically speak any language in the world, what would it be and why? I think it would be Chinese, like Mandarin Chinese, uh, because I spent some time in Singapore and everyone spoke Mandarin Chinese uh, and English, which was super cool. Uh, I tried learning it once and I did a terrible job at it. And I just love the idea of learning a language that has a different alphabet to ours. I think that's really cool. What about you? Yeah, um, that's a hard question for me, but I think maybe French. I know I should have learned it in school, but um, I didn't. And I don't know, it just seems like it would be really useful even here in Canada. So probably French. Great. Well, that brings us to the end 
of our series on the Bible's Big Picture. Thank you for sticking with us. If you have stuck with us, next week we will be looking at uh, how to interpret the Bible. And then the week after that, we'll be starting a short series looking at identity and calling. How do we know what our identity is in Jesus and how do we know what our calling is? That's going to be really exciting. Uh, I can't wait for that. Have a wonderful week. Uh, We are praying for you and we love you and we can't wait to connect with you again soon. Bye. Bye.